The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Pokemon Snapshot. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm uh, hanging in there. Uh, We got another foot of snow this weekend, so that was fun. We got a foot last weekend and some more yesterday, and we're getting some more tonight, so we are in the snow, too. Tyler, please make it stop soon, Jeff. Please make it stop. I know. If you're listening to us from a southern state, well... Most of the time, southern states. I know they've been hit hard recently. We envy you. Yes, but we don't envy you this week. No, and we're sorry for everyone out there that has to go through that. I know, we know how sucky snowstorms can be, especially when you can't handle it. Yes. All right, and so if you want to contact us, please remember you can contact us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or email us at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just search the Pokemon Snapshot and there we will be. All right, Tyler, I think that's it. So are you ready to get into this episode? Oh, I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, so we are watching today episode 24 and it was called Haunter vs. Kadabra, which in Japanese it was called Ghost vs. Esper. Ugh, lame. Uh, it... Yeah, uh, you'll come to find those are just the Japanese names for these two Pokemon. Oh, Ghost? Yep, we'll talk about Lame. him later today. Okay. Um, it aired on September 9th, 1997 in Japan and on October 8th, 1998 in the United States. All right, Tyler, let's get into the episode. We begin our episode with the narrator reminding us of the events of the last couple episodes. We have Ash getting his butt kicked by Sabrina, being shrunk into a miniature toy town, and then being rescued by a disgruntled old man who really just wants to get his workout in and go home. Ash then heads to Lavender Town to capture a ghost Pokemon, which he will need to defeat Sabrina and her Kadabra, where he dies and befriends a haunter who decided to tag along with Ash from now on. Nobody seems concerned enough about the fact that Ash and Pikachu died in the last episode and and were then resurrected, but I guess, you know, to each their own, I suppose. And and, I, and as a side note, in real life, Ash would probably need some, like, serious therapy after this and the whole sinking to the bottom of the ocean on a cruise liner thing, but in the Pokemon world, these events were apparently just not that big of a deal. I guess when you have mythical creatures all over, it takes a lot to need to go to therapy. Not to mention he just set free one of his friends and has two henchmen from the biggest evil group in the world chasing after him. That's very true, and they are prone to, like, pulling out weapons, which don't seem to be common otherwise in this world. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like even the narrator at the beginning is like, oh yeah, all these terrible things have happened, and uh, now we're going on an adventure. Like, no narrator, you should be more concerned about what's going on. It's Ash's dad, has to be. Has to be Ash's dad, and that explains the lack of concern. I guess he's like, I had to go through it, so does my son. Right? (gasps) Maybe Ash's dad is 
a ghost Pokemon right now or is a dead ghost. And that's why he's like following Ash around and narrating everything. Maybe he got to Lavender Town and never made it any further. Ooh, spooky. We then see Ash standing on a hill overlooking Saffron City. It appears that they have again managed to not get lost and have found their way back relatively quickly. Ash tells Pikachu that they have finally made it. He then says that we will finally beat Sabrina and asks Brock if he agrees, but it appears Brock is understandably still freaked out by the Haunter that is now tagging along with them. Misty says she doesn't understand how Brock could be afraid of Haunter since it is so cute. Apparently she has forgotten about the fact that these ghost Pokemon literally kill people and force them to be their friends. Yeah, this surprised me. I mean, bugs completely terrify her, but a ghost who can take the souls of people is okay in Misty's eyes. Misty definitely has some uh, mixed priorities in life, and I'm kind of worried about her sometimes. After Misty's cute comment, Haunter begins to happily snuggle Misty. It then licks her and paralyzes her, and Misty says that it has now crossed the cute line. Ash chews out Haunter for paralyzing Misty, and Haunter begins to cry. Ash feels bad and tells Haunter that it really isn't that big of a deal. Haunter then turns around and begins laughing. I'm assuming Misty is still paralyzed on the ground as all of this is happening. Ash then explains to Haunter that in Saffron City there is a trainer named Sabrina who uses Psychic Pokemon. He then says, Ghost Pokemon are strong against Psychic Pokemon, right? Will you help me defeat her? And Haunter begins laughing in approval. Haunter, Haunter is ready to go. This excites Ash and he says that the March, or the Marsh badge is as good as his. We then change scenes, and it is now daytime. Ash and his party approach the Saffron City Gym. Ash, collect Ash recollects the events of his butt-kicking and says that Sabrina made him look like a joke, and then says that this time, the joke is on her. To be fair, most people have made Ash look like a joke. Ash seems to have very selective memory. Like, he's like, I've he'll get his butt kicked, and he'll like be all traumatized by it, and then he'll like somehow managed to have something crazy happen to get him out of it, and he'll completely forget about all the other times he got his butt kicked. So so after Ash is done with his little tangent, you know, talking about how Sabrina's going to be a joke and all that, he looks around to actually see that Brock and Misty have fled. They shout out for Ash to give it his best shot, and even Pikachu has joined them. And to be fair, I totally understand why Brock and Misty would be so terrified right now. If Ash loses, and he tends to do that a lot then they will be forced to play with the little girl for all of eternity. There is no reason in my mind that Brock and Misty have to put themselves at such great risk just to follow Ash into this little gym. Yeah, and Misty is probably evaluating how badly she wants to get her bike back at this moment. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that, her, that being her like central purpose for following Ash. I completely forgot about the bike. She's never getting that bike back. No. Ash tells them to quit goofing around, apparently he thinks that they're joking, uh, and explains that they don't want, and they kind of explain that they don't want to go in with him because last time was a close call. But Ash explains that they will be fine this time since he is Haunter. Haunter laughs behind and around him in agreement. So like Haunter just starts like laughing and like zipping, you know, and reappearing in front of different sides of Ash, like a little creeper that he is. Misty and Brock concede that Haunter does seem pretty confident, but Misty wonders if Haunter is actually in control of Ash, and Ash assures her that they are buddies. 
And this line was actually one of those instances where it is better than what the Japanese originally said. Uh, in the original, Brock just mentions that he better watch Hunter so he does not disappear on him. Which makes no sense because he hasn't shown to do that yet. I mean... Right. Yeah, that's definitely not been a character trait of Haunter yet. In fact, Haunter just seems to hang around for seemingly no reason. Yep, and uh, I think I'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Ash then sends out Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur, and he asks them all if they are ready to face Sabrina. They all cheer in excitement. We then see that Ash and his group have entered the battle arena where Ash demands a rematch. The little girl tells Ash that she is surprised he has come back after he lost so badly last time and reminds him that if he loses, he will have to play with her again. Sabrina and the little girl then float off of their throne and into the arena where Sabrina sends out Kadabra. At this point, Ash tells Haunter to go out, but nothing happens. Ash begins calling out for Haunter, but Haunter is nowhere to be found. Brock theorizes that Haunter must have gotten spooked, and Misty says that it isn't the most dependable Pokemon. Sabrina then says, Enough stalling! Send out your Pokemon at once, or you'll go back to the toy box. Ash attempts to send out Pikachu in desperation when he can't find Haunter, but Pikachu cowers away in fear. He also attempts to send Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle, but none of them will go either. Apparently, they are all much smarter than Ash. Ash seems very saddened and asks why nobody will help him. And I'll tell you, like, the, he was, like, really freaked out in this scene, like, almost on the verge of tears. And, and he's standing here with his life about to be taken from him and, and he'll be cast into a toy box for all of eternity. And all of his supposed friends are not willing to step up and at least try to help him. I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, that, that, that is not good, showing good friendship right there. No, it's not good friendship. Terrible friendship all around. But as this is happening, Sabrina becomes impatient and says that the battle will begin now. Ash, in his first smart move of this episode, yells that he quits and begins running out of the room with his Pokemon in tow, leaving behind Brock and Misty. Fortunately, Brock and Misty realize pretty quickly what's going on, and they are also able to run out of the room, albeit behind Ash and the rest of the Pokemon. After they run out of the room, the little girl with Sabrina says, It's fun to catch them! And we see all of the exits in the gym closing, effectively trapping Ash and his party inside. The little girl then floats up behind them giggling and turns Brock and Misty into dolls. Actual dolls this time, and not just shrunken versions of themselves. She then tells Ash that she is now going to turn him into a doll as well. So, when this scene was going on, what was going through my head at this point was, I feel like they should do a better evaluation of their Pokemon gym leaders. I completely agree. There's a lot of unhinged individuals as Pokemon gym leaders. Yeah, and we're only halfway through the set of gyms. I, go, I mean, maybe taking a psychological evaluation would help with this. Yeah, Brock tried to kill people before the matches would start. Yeah, I have that. Brock tried to kill Ash when they first met. Uh, Misty's sisters were just giving badges away, which I feel like that's not worth it. I feel like that's no. a good way to lose your league status. Um, and then you had Lieutenant Surge, who was just a misogynist. Right, right. I forgot about Lieutenant Surge. <laughs> it feels like an eternity ago since we saw that guy and his unhealthy boundaries. Yeah, and then... And that <laughs> And now Sabrina is turning her opponents into dolls. It's just like, wow. Yeah, these people need to get their uh, act together. 
Like, I, I wonder how many, you gotta wonder, how many Pokemon trainers, you know, trying to get all the badges, have actually just been killed or disappeared forever? Probably quite a few. Maybe that's why when you get to the Pokemon League, there's not very many there. That's probably true, and they're, and they're hard individuals. Like, they've like, I've seen some stuff going through this little tournament. Just before the little girl is able to turn Ash into a doll, however, the man who rescued Ash before appears before him and says, sometimes you have to retreat to win, and he teleports Ash and his Pokemon out of the gym and onto the streets of Saffron City. I don't know why he didn't also teleport the dolls, but eh, what can you do? After this occurs, we see Sabrina, and she says, he's back. I really hope that the next time that this, like, mysterious jogger guy, you know, poofs into the gym to rescue Ash, and you know that there's a good chance that this is going to have to happen again, he says something cool like, I'll be back, or something like that. Like, you feel like he needs a catchphrase for doing this all the time. I mean, I feel like his catchphrase is just teleport, because that's what he says. I'm not sure why he yells out teleport when he moves. Like, is that a requirement? Yeah, Yeah, like, let's just announce what we're doing. Maybe it's like Harry Potter, where you have to, like, cast a spell. That, to make it work that could be or or maybe i guess maybe he has an abra hidden under his shirt that's possible as well I, I just really think that no matter what his excuse is for yelling teleport there's no excuse for not having a cool uh, catchphrase at this point like you're poofing into the gym rescuing people and poofing back out you need a catchphrase Once outside in Saffron City, Ash and his savior sit down on a bench, and Ash comments that Sabrina is the meanest trainer he has ever met. That's debatable. I mean, Lieutenant Surge was pretty bad, so was your friend Brock, but, you know, I I suppose that this is fairly evil as well. The man tells him that she wasn't always that way, though. He's like, Sabrina has not always been the way that she is. Ash asks the man if he knew Sabrina before, and he gets nervous and says that he has just heard stories. He explains that when she was a little girl, she became obsessed with psychic training. We then see a flashback of Sabrina's parents attempting to get her to stop practicing, but she pushes them away with her powers and destroys their entire house that they are in. He then explains that Sabrina didn't want friends and just wanted to improve her psychic powers. She eventually also drove her parents away. Apparently, the conflict caused her to split into two girls, the lonely little girl and the strong Pokemon trainer yikes this has gotten weird i am not sure if they mean that she has you know split emotionally or physically because there's definitely two of them yeah and i'm guessing that she split emotionally emotionally and is using her psychic powers to physically manifest the playful side of herself as the little girl that's honestly probably what it is i i i agree with that this whole thing kind of reminds me, there's like an old old Twilight Zone episode, and I'm brain farting the name where there's this like creepy little kid that's like mind controlling an entire town in post-apocalyptic America. Kind of reminds me of that. But even he wasn't trying to turn people into play toys to play with him for all of eternity. The man then shows Ash the photo of Sabrina and her parents when she was little, when she was a little girl. She looks just like the little girl sitting on the on Sabrina's lap. Ash looks at the photo and says, If you have this photo, then that must mean... And he pauses. The man internally panics and thinks to himself that Ash has figured out that he is, in fact, Sabrina's father. But he gives Ash too much credit, and Ash finishes his sentence by saying that the man must be a photographer. Come on, Ash. 
Sabrina's dad get, then gets mad and says, don't you see? Don't you get it? But Ash just says, get what? And the dad says, never mind, just forget it. And at this point, I really did not like that they have to spell it out for the viewer that the man is Sabrina's father. Uh, I mean, I just think it would have been much better reveal if the person watching the show could figure out that for themselves. Right. I, I will say, as an adult watching this, it's been pretty exceedingly obvious that he's probably her father. You know, since the parents were kind of mentioned before, and he's like this mysterious dude who seems to know stuff. But I, I completely agree. The reveal could have been handled much better. Yeah, it, all it is is just like going into his inner mall line and goes, oh no, will he find out I'm his father? Like, they could have just cut out that scene and it would have been perfectly fine. Right, exactly. And then, like, later on, when they go back to the gym, Sabrina be like, I know who you are. And he'd be like, I'm your father. Or something like that. And then he cuts off her hand. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Man, you should write Pokemon. We should write Pokemon. (laughs) We We should get on that. Anybody working in the Pokemon anime right now, if you want to hire us, we're available. Ash then gets sad, remembering that Brock and Misty are turned into dolls. The dad says there is nothing that they can do about that, and then immediately explains that the way to save them is to defeat Sabrina, which I am pretty sure anyone could have guessed. So he's like, there's nothing we can do to help them. You know, except defeat Sabrina. Like, literally in the same sentence, he he contradicts himself. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Ash then explains that he can't find Haunter, so it is no use, and the dad informs him that he also must find Haunter. And then it cuts to commercial break, and so we are going to cut to our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? Alright, and our Who's That Pokemon for this week is Haunter, who in Japanese, as we said at the beginning of the episode, is called Ghost. Lame. I mean, if you also remember Ghastly's name in Japanese was Ghost without the T. Oh, right. His is far worse. <laughs> so, your new Pokemon evolved and you got a T added onto its name. <laughs> ghost and Ghost. Yes. Uh, some basic information about Haunter. He is number 93 in the Pokedex. He's Ghost and Poison type. He's five foot three inches tall, which is interesting because that puts him actually taller than Gengar. That is interesting. Uh, So he's one of the few Pokemon when they evolve, he actually gets smaller. He weighs 0.2 pounds because he is completely made of gas, which you also think Gengar would have weighed that much because he is pretty much a shadow. But I guess shadows have weight according to the Pokemon world. And Haunter is known as the gas Pokemon, and he can evolve into Gengar when he is traded. He was one of those annoying Pokemon that you had to have a friend in order to get Gengar. And you had to have one, in the original games, you had to have one of those link cables, which I did have. Yes, I had a friend with a link cable, and that's how I did it. Alright, so Haunter's origin. So his name origin, Haunter is derived from Haunt, as ghosts are known to do. It could also be a corruption of Hunter. I'm going to say no, it's probably just Haunter as in Haunt. Uh, right. I love when it does this, but I'm going to tell you his Japanese name origin. Ghost is literally ghost. <laughs> Who would have guessed? It makes me laugh every time. I, I just love when it's just, 
you know, yep, its name is what it is. Uh, what is Haunter based off of? Haunter appears to be based on a generic sort of cartoonish ghost. Like Gengar, Haunter may also be based on the Cheshire Cat, as it possesses what m may be pointed ears, a large toothy grin, and the ability to vanish at will. While many Japanese yokai, ghosts and ghouls are depicted with long tons, Haunter's vampiric licking may have come specifically from the Dila, a Philippine spirit that licked the life energy of sick people until they died. That's deeply disturbing. Who thinks of that? Uh, obviously people in, that live in the Philippines. <laughs> I guess. Um, I mean, like, you know, here in the United States, we have, what, the Boogeyman and stuff like that. Uh, Bloody Mary. Bloody That's Ma a creepy That's one. That's a creepy one. So, I mean, we just, they come naturally, but if you really just stop and think, all those things are creepy and scary. So, you know, this isn't really out of the ordinary for the, I mean, Tell kids the boogeyman, you know, he lives under your bed and your closet. Like, it's just. Or you can have Krampus. Krampus, yes. Who will come, who will come and, uh, you know, take your, if you're a naughty child, will come and drag you to hell, which is always a nice Christmas tradition. I'm pretty sure Krampus visited you more than Santa will growing up, didn't he, Tyler? Uh, yeah. Well, it was threatened a lot, but. <laughs> Um, no, I'm still here, so everything turned out. I must have been a good child. All right, so let's just go on with Haunter's biology. Haunter is a purple Pokemon with a gaseous body. It has a round head flanked by three large spike protrusions on either side. It has triangular eyes with small pupils and a mouth with, with a long pink tongue. The gases composing its head curve into its mouth to form several pointed teeth. Disembodied hands with three clawed fingers each float in front of its body. Its body tapers into a jagged tail. Alright, some Pokedex entries on Haunter. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue says, Because of its ability to slip through block walls, it is said to be from another dimension. Uh, Pokemon Gold states, In total darkness where nothing is visible, Haunter lurks, silently stalking its next victim. Pokemon Silver says, Its tongue is made of gas. If licked, its victims start shaking constantly until death eventually comes. Oh, so that's what will eventually happen to Misty, I guess. I guess. I mean, I wonder what episode that will be. Well, what? apparently it hasn't happened yet, so Haunter kills people from the long haul. Uh, you... I mean, she's just going to be going out on her own, and then all of a sudden she's just going to keel over. Yep, because of that one time Haunter licked her in the face after she called it cute. <laughs> A Pokemon Moon says, It fears the light and revels in the dark. It may be on the verge of extinction in cities that stay brightly lit at night. Uh, and then Pokemon Ultra Moon says, It's dangerous to go outside alone on nights when you're feeling sad. Haunter will catch you, and you won't be able to go back home. That's sad. Yeah, so these definitely weren't as bad as Gengar's, but the ghost... Gengar's terrifying. Yeah, the ghost Pokedex entries have been my favorite so far, though. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then some trivia about Haunter. In the Pokemon Red and Blue beta, Haunter's prototype name was actually Spectre. That's kind of a neat name. 
Yeah, so, I mean, Haunter's okay, too, too, but Spectre would have been cool. It's just hard trying to picture them at because we've known them for 25 years and with the, this name. Right, it's kind of ingrained at this point. Which, can't believe, but next week when we record, we will actually be recording the day after Pokemon's 25th anniversary. <gasps> Ooh, that's going to be special. We'll have to get fun hats to wear during our recording, Jeff. Yeah, I'll have to... Repo- I guess Post Malone is going to do a a Pokemon concert on that day that he's airing. What is a Post Malone? Po- Post Malone? He's some rapper. I don't know. He's a guy I don't care for, but if he's going to do something Pokemon huh. related, I might watch. Okay. Interesting. Wow, I think I know something more pop culture than you do. I can't believe you've never heard of Post Malone. Most people know more pop culture than I do, Jeff. It's definitely my weakest area of study. All right, yeah, he's like some rapper. I don't know. Look him up. He looks interesting. But, everyone, that is our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? We change scenes after Ash is informed that he must, in fact, find Haunter so he can defeat Sabrina and rescue his friends. We see Ash and Pikachu walking down the street while Ash asks Pikachu where Haunter could possibly be. And I'm really surprised that they are confused on why Haunter didn't stay with them. I mean, Ash never officially caught him in his Pokeball, so he has no obligation to do what Ash asks him to do. Right, that's true. Yeah, here's here I I I made my own theory about this. So I'm guessing he wanted to just use Ash so that he could leave the tower. He was probably cursed to where he could only leave the tower if someone willingly let him go with them. That actually makes a lot of sense because otherwise why else would you hang out with Ash? And it's not like they had a lot of backstory either. I mean, Ash got crushed by a 20-pound chandelier, died, and then floated around with him for like five minutes before being brought back to life, and that was it. Like, that's that's not a good, you know, fundamental way to build a friendship, I don't feel. But, you know, what can you do? As Ash walks by, we hear Team Rocket doing the little poem thing from a window washer's platform up above. They rip off their costumes and explain that they will finally catch Pikachu. Meowth jumps in and asks what their plan is this time, and James explains that they have a weapon that has been perfected over thousands of years and that they will finally know how to and that they finally know how to use it. As if as if I expected something more, however, James pulls out a fishing net and says that that is what they're going to use to catch Pikachu. Meowth is understandably not impressed, but Jesse comments that it takes a genius to think of a plan like this and says that it's the most genius thing to happen since Einstein invented the light bulb or the chicken who invented the egg. Meowth responds by saying, let's cut the explanations. Gotta love a good egg pun. And I want to say, I feel like we're really seeing in this episode, like how truly unintelligent many of these characters are. Like, it's really, it's been pretty obvious, you know, leading up to this point. That it's some exasperating. Characters... Oh, that physically hurt. Like, I, I think I have a headache now. Thank you, Jeff. But, you know, in previous episodes, he's still laughing at his own joke. I just want everybody to know as you're listening to this that he's still laughing about that. Sorry, continue. Okay. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So... 
I feel like over the course of all the episodes, we've seen that these characters are not very intelligent, but this episode in particular, the writers are really leaning in hard as to just how not smart Team Rocket and Ash truly are. It's like on full display here in this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this egg scene was really weird, but actually had some meaning in Japan, in Japan so I'm going to explain it. <sighs> uh, we all know how much Tyler loves puns. Uh, so, in the Japanese version, James says that using the net is an egg of Columbus, and I've never heard that phrase before, and I actually had... I looked at the Wikipedia article for Egg of Columbus because the Bulbapedia article linked to it. And what an Egg of Columbus is, it means that it was an idea that was easy after the fact, which I take as a meaning, you know, they're going with the easiest plan is the best idea, like just using a net. Okay. So they, so James called it, it's an Egg of Columbus. That's why the egg fell them. them. And then Jesse makes a joke that she didn't know that Christopher Columbus likes eggs. Oh, my word. Yeah. So it was even worse in the Japanese version, but they kind of had some meaning to go with it. Right. I've never heard that phrase before in my life, though. So that's kind of kind of interesting. No, here real quickly, I can actually see if I can pull it up. Maybe it can explain it better than I can, because, yeah, I don't really. Yeah. An egg of Columbus or Columbus's egg refers to a brilliant idea or discovery that seems simple or easy after the fact. The expression refers to an apocryphal story dating from at least the 15th century in which it is said that Christopher Columbus, having been told that finding a new trade route was inevitable and no great accomplishment, challenged his critics to make an egg stand on its tip. After his challengers give up, Columbus does it himself by tapping the egg on the table to flatten its tip. Ah, I see. So that's where... so. That's where I highly doubt the real Christopher Columbus was that smart, though. Who knows? But that's where Egg of Columbus comes from. And who knows how I've never heard of it like the saying. So I've never heard it either. So it can't be that rare, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, continue on now that we learned something new. Yes. Learning knowledge is power. After this whole weird exchange about the fishing net idea, James begins to spin the net to throw it down and capture Pikachu, but just then Haunter shows up and scares the crap out of all of them. This causes them to fall from the window washer stand, but Jesse catches it and James and Meowth hang on to her. They beg Jesse to pull them up, but she says that they are too heavy. She says that they should ha- let they should that they should have to let go so at least she can survive and begins to cry. But just then, Haunter comes down and starts trying to make Jesse laugh. She tries to hold it in as her grip slips. However, she is unsuccessful. She begins laughing, loses her grip, and then laughs all the way down to the pavement below where Team Rocket crashes through the sidewalk. And as they were falling, Meowth comments that she will die laughing. And I want to point out that if I were in this situation, nothing could have been funny enough to make me laugh. Like, they were literally hanging on for dear life, like, ready to plunge onto the concrete... 30 stories below like there'd be nothing any ghost thing could do to make me laugh like it literally was just making faces at her 
I also want to throw out, Jeff, that I did resist the urge to crack a joke that the one exception to the thing that could make me laugh would be seeing your reflection in the uh, glass mirrors in front of me. But I'm trying to work on my maturity, so I did not decide to crack that joke natively in the podcast. Thank you, though you just did. But I'm glad you're choosing to show some character growth. I'm at least attempting character growth. We're trying. Team Rocket has now crashed through the sidewalk, and we see that they have landed directly behind Ash, who is walking down the sidewalk looking for Haunter. Ash notices them, and before he can react, Haunter shows up laughing. Ash congratulates Haunter for dealing with Team Rocket. He then tells Haunter that it's great that he is now there so that they can finally go and beat Sabrina, but it doesn't appear that Haunter is too keen on participating. Ash reminds Haunter that they have had to deal that they had a deal and that Haunter agreed to help him with Sabrina but Haunter doesn't seem too interested. After a little coaxing, Haunter does agree to help him, however. We then change scenes back to the gym where Brock and Misty are trapped in a toy town as dolls. Even though they are dolls, they seem to be able to communicate using their minds. So their mouths are not moving, but they are communicating. Brock mentions that he doesn't like dolls, and then another doll in the room begins talking to them as well. This is a woman doll, and she tells Brock and Misty that she is Sabrina's mother. She asks them not to think too badly about Sabrina because she is really a good daughter. And so I guess this would suggest that the other dolls in the area are people that Sabrina has trapped. Yeah, that's that definitely makes sense. And has no one tried to investigate the disappearances? Her mother has had to be locked in the house for years. Well, it would appear that maybe they just all sort of know that that's what Sabrina does, I guess. It's, it's all very odd. I guess. They just, like, know that their gym leader kills people or traps them for all of eternity, and so they steer clear. Maybe that's why they haven't investigated or anything. Just the little girl shows up and starts talking about what she is going to do with them. Misty tells Sabrina to change them back, and the little girl says that if she changes them back, they will just run away again. She wants to keep them as her friends forever. Just then, however, Ash shows up and challenges Sabrina to a battle. The little girl agrees for them, agrees for them, and Sabrina sends out Kadabra. Ash goes to send out Haunter, but again, Haunter is nowhere to be found. Haunter is a really terrible friend. Sabrina then tells Ash that he will not escape this time, and just as she is about to turn Ash into a doll, Pikachu actually jumps in and agrees to battle. Ash yells not to because he will just get beat up again, but Pikachu's determined. Thank you, Pikachu, for being a good friend. You're the first character in this entire episode to be a good friend. I mean, he wasn't a good friend at first. Remember, he was trying to make Ash go by himself. He's working on his character growth. Yeah, and at least Ash is learning that maybe Pikachu shouldn't be chosen for everything. I mean, in earlier episodes, don't you remember, he would just send him out even no matter how beat up Pikachu was. I mean, yep. he made him fight a tentacruel the size of a building. That's true, he did. And now he's actually telling him no to not fight just a normal Kadabra. Right, absolutely. The battle now begins. Ash tells Pikachu to use Thundershock, but Kadabra teleports and the attack misses. Kadabra then uses Psybeam, and this knocks back Pikachu, and he is now confused. But Pikachu hops back up and uses a Thunderbolt, to, and it actually hits Kadabra. Kadabra is badly damaged, but Sabrina tells it to recover, and this makes the damage disappear. This shocks Ash, and I did not mean that as a pun. <laughs> Just then, however, 
Haunter shows up and begins laughing in the face of Sabrina. The little girl says that it isn't fair because this battle is supposed to be one-on-one. But just then, Sabrina's dad teleports into the stadium, again, no cool phrase, and says that it isn't against the rules because Haunter is just playing around and it's on its own. It's not an actual Pokemon engaged in the battle. Haunter continues to harass her and pulls a bomb out of its mouth. It explodes and hurts Sabrina, but she is unfazed and actually starts to smile and laugh at the fact that Haunter just set off a bomb in her face. Apparently, Sabrina must, you know, really get a kick out of being injured. Sabrina's dad says that he hasn't seen her smile since she was a little girl. Ash, who still doesn't know that this is the dad, gets confused and says that they must have taken her baby pictures too. Oh, Ash, you dull little boy. This shocks the dad, and he asks how dense Ash can be, pretty dense, and continues on by saying that Haunter has helped Sabrina find her true heart. Ash still doesn't get it, so he explains that the real purpose of Haunter wasn't to defeat Kadabra, but to make Sabrina laugh and be happy again. We see that Kadabra is also laughing because it is joined telepathically with Sabrina. Just then, the little girl disappears, and Misty and Brock are turned into humans again. The dad then says that since Kadabra is no longer able to battle from laughing, uh, because it is laughing, that Ash is the winner of the match. He gets his badge and yet another only sort of victory that he would have lost if someone hadn't helped him. Yeah, and also what makes it so that, you know, her father can declare a victory? I would think that you would need an official, like, legal Pokemon League referee to be to determine this. Yes, I would agree so. He seems to have no authority, but everyone's just kind of going with it. We then change scenes to outside of the Pokemon gym, and Ash and his party are bidding Sabrina and her parents farewell. So, this point, if everyone was changed back from dolls, do you think that lady in the bathtub just showed up in the streets of Saffron City naked? Oh my gosh, that would have been epic. I I bet so. Like, everyone else just showed up, and she's like, whoa, what? Like, what's been happening? I've been in a bathtub for the last 40 years. We see Ash walking away from the gym, admiring his new badge, and questions whether he deserves to get it. Misty says that he does deserve it, because the strategy of making Sabrina laugh worked great. And I just strongly uh, disagree with all of this. This is all wrong. Ash does not deserve this badge. Yeah, and it also wasn't Ash's strategy. Haunter did that on his own. Right, Haunter just kind of came in as like, I'm going to make some people laugh, because apparently that's what he likes to do. We then get to see the city workers filling in the hole in the sidewalk that Team Rocket created after they plunged 30 stories and into it. A- and they're actually pouring cement onto Team Rocket while they cry for help. Ash pauses because he thinks he heard Team Rocket's voices, but they decide to ignore it and agree that they have to get to Celadon City. They take off down the street and leave, and as they do, it appears Team Rocket is going to suffer a horrible death. But fortunately, they suddenly burst out of the hole for seemingly no reason, saying their typical Team Rocket is blasting off again. To be continued comes across the stream, comes across, blah, To Be Continued comes across the screen, giving us possibly the worst rushed ending in the Pokemon history up until this point. I don't know if it's the worst. Do you remember uh, the Island of the Giant Pokemon? That one ended really quickly towards the end, too. Okay, yeah, that was a pretty rushed ending. But this one was bad. Like, they're, like, in a battle. 
Hondra just shows up, makes her laugh, and they're like, that's all we really needed, and it was over. Yeah, but I will say again, I like this episode out of the trilogy. So, you know, I kind of count this as a trilogy. The last three episodes kind of all go together. It is the weakest of the three, in my opinion. Oh, by far. I mean, it's still a good episode. The only thing I wish would have happened out of this episode is that Haunter would have continued to go with Ash because I think he could have added some fun dynamics to the team. Yeah, he could have been the uh, slap, the slapstick comedy you know, guy. Yeah, he had a very big personality, which I really could have think would have thought would have added so much to the rest of the season. But again, not a bad episode. If you want to tell us what you thought of the episode, make sure you tweet us at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at the Pokemon Snapshot at gmail.com. Also, if you could give us a review on the listening app of your choice and help other Pokemon fans such as yourself find our podcast. So, Tyler, do you have anything else to add? Honestly, after this ending, I'm kind of speechless. That's rare. All right, so join us next week when we are going to be watching episode 25, Primeape Goes Bananas. This whole episode's going to be bananas, I can already tell.